You got a marvelous vibe, and I know it starts from inside. So fill your heart with pride and let your light shine brightly. Your own hide. You're a work of art, unforgettable and off the charts. Welcome to a podcast dedicated to your mental health. I'm Bailey with the Recording Library of West Texas. Hi, I'm Christy Edwards. I'm the Executive Director and a therapist at Centers for Children and Families. Hi, I'm Melanie Size. I'm the Marketing and Development Director at Centers for Children and Families. Together, we're bringing you tips and tricks on how to navigate this thing called life. This is Center Solutions. Due to the nature of some of the topics that are discussed, listener discretion is advised. Today we're going to talk about oil, and we are all in the middle of something we've never experienced before. Oil dropped below zero for the first time ever. And not only is oil at an all-time low, we are also in the middle of a national pandemic. So today we're going to discuss how your mental health is affected when it comes to your job loss, when it comes to survival, and just how to cope with news that our infrastructure is different now. Yes. So we had, there was an article put out yesterday in the MRT and we had some of our local leaders that, uh, had some things to say. So I've taken little pieces of, uh, different quotes and I'm going to read those. They're words of encouragement. So, uh, Don Evans, chairman of PSP says, the determination, resilience, and grit of those who all who call the Permian Basin home give us all hope and give me confidence that our long-term future is bright. And then here's something from Bobby Burns, uh, CEO of the Midland Chamber of Commerce. Midland will come out of this better than ever. We needed a timeout, and we got it. Let's use it. And then Mark Palmer with the uh, executive director of Abel Hanger Foundation says our nonprofits are doing what they always do, providing a safety net for Midlanders who have found themselves challenged by this unprecedented set of circumstances. These are encouraging words. Of, I mean, it's inspirational, and these are things that we need right now, but we also need coping mechanisms. Very important. So that's what we're here to bring today. And so, yeah, uh, oil hit an all-time low. It's like closed it. Negative 37.63. Wow. Who even knew that was a possibility? <laughs> I didn't. I thought, I thought zero was as low as it could go. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, yeah. And so what are the, some of the things that come up uh, when you're contemplating this new world on top of a new world? It's uh, unprecedented. This is historical, like almost everything that happens when you wake up in the morning. So there's. So, I mean, I think you know you've got to look at the broad side of things. If if you can, is that this is historical, and we are living it, and we have the opportunity to figure out a way to get through it, and that will speak um, to future generations to say, you know, just like we had when we looked back at people that came through, you know, the depression or you know bubonic plague or world wars or Vietnam, we learned lessons, and so um, you know from our you know, elders and family members that, that work through that. So we have that opportunity. It doesn't feel like there's a bright side right now. It feels like everything is very heavy. But if, if you know, can step back and see big picture, that is an encouragement. 
Yeah. And then there's, I mean, people are losing jobs. There's bankruptcies. Uh, there's fear that we didn't have a month ago. The fear of being homeless, the fear of food insecurity is a, is a real thing now. Um, in a, in a greater sense, uh, people who think about losing your health insurance. I mean, all of these are things that I think are playing out in people's minds right now. And, I mean, think about what your job means to you, right? Our jobs give us structure. They give us purpose. They give us meaning. You know, that's why, you know, job loss and unemployment is, I mean, it's a lot of change all at once. You lose your income. You lose your job. These other major losses, um, you know, like your professional identity. You know, some of these people, like my own husband has worked um, in the oil industries for 35 years. If he were to lose his job, it's like, okay, now what do I do? Who am I outside of what I've done for 35 years? You know, that's your self-esteem. That's your self-confidence. I've done this 35 years. I'm good at this. It gives, you know, us a daily routine. And you know what? I mean, I I know that when all of this started, of course, I, I, like everybody else, am thinking, hmm, Am I an essential person? (laughs) I don't know. Who knew that was a term? And you start thinking, okay, what does fundraising look like right now? Mm -hmm. It's kind of scary. And I'm not, I'm not in the oil business, but I am in the oil business because like, who's not here? Everyone is. It affects all of us in Midland. Absolutely. All all the way down to food service to everything. Mm -hmm. Oil and energy is the backbone of Midland Odessa. Yes. It absolutely is. And, and just think about, it, you know, what we know is whether it gets to be, you know, mundane and boring, it, you know, our jobs do give us a daily routine. And we do know that people thrive on some um, that's better with routine and structure, you know, gives us an activity that, you know, we wake up with a purpose, you know, and then when we go to work or even if we're working remotely, we're still being in contact. That gives us a social, a work-based social network. And it comes so it gives us our sense of security, which is what we're all feeling is that loss of security of everything that I felt I had with this job or with my health is now in question. So really what it is, it's, an, it's a it's a strong form of intense insecurity exactly. in, in so many different uh, ways because we don't it's the uncertainty. What are some steps that we can take, Christy, to kind of go through all the range of emotions that come with insecurity? Psychological shock. That's the one thing I thought. uh, I don't know. What did you how did you feel, Bailey? Did you feel shocked? I I think that was my initial like. Yes, um, that's what I was going to kind of ask Christy to go through the different range of emotions associated with big news like this, because. Like me, I woke up on Tuesday morning. I felt mad. I felt sad. It was just an entire range of emotions that I was like, wow. And it was hard for me not to think about the future right then. So, Christy, can you talk about some ways that we can kind of deal with these emotions? Sure. I mean, and I think I can kind of tie together, you know, Melanie talking about the psychological shock and then yes. the range of emotions. Cause, well, you know, explain, explain what the shock is. Cause uh, it's different than, you know, physical shock. Right. Sure. So psychological shock is when you experience a surge of strong emotions and a corresponding physical reaction response to a stressful event. And it's usually an unexpected event. You know, so, you know, 
events that trigger just regular shock would be like a car accident, the abrupt into a relationship, the death of a loved one, um, psychological shock in which you experience truly the fight, flight, or freeze um, symptom, you get a surge of adrenaline. You could get a physical illness or psychosomatic illness like stomach pain or discomfort, a jittery feeling, your chest is tight. You have the foggy mind. You can't really react. You can't think. It's just like you're r- literally just frozen in place. Real quick, that- I mean, that that makes me think of, like, when we were in active shooter training, Oh, and they talk about how you're when something like that happens, it takes you a minute. You don't really know what's going on. And then your reaction is not right because you're right. breathing too fast. And so your brain isn't getting the oxygen it needs. Right. So, remember, yeah, I can see that. During that training, they told us you have to be a lion or a lamb. And that yes. is you know, because what they were trying to get us to do is to learn how to use our breathing to uh, reorient ourselves to where we are and what we need to do so we are not frozen. It's, it's the difference in the person that runs and the person that hides under the desk. So I think whenever you experience psychological shock, you very much hide under the desk because mm-hmm. I don't know what to do, right? What does this mean? What are the ramifications? Am I going to lose my house? Am I going to, you know, what, am I going to be able to feed my family? All of those things. Well, you know, one of the things that you might feel is that out-of-body experience. You know, we've, we've talked about that a little bit sometimes whenever you have high anxiety and you're in the middle of maybe of an anxiety or a panic attack. You really feel like you've got tunnel vision and you're out of your body and you're kind of floating. So and that can happen, and that's a very unpleasant feeling whenever you don't have the tools you know, to kind of bring yourself down. So, you know, we talk to people a lot about grounding techniques, how to breathe, how to focus. Um, you know, and I think in our previous um, podcast, we talked about, you know, the five the five things that you need to do to ground yourself. And uh, and we can go over those again in a minute. Yeah, we, we should go over those at the end. And, and okay. like, and, and Bailey and I can be like, we can go over them again and stop and okay. do the exercise really quick. Yeah. It's then we have the yeah. yeah. Then we, we can have those those intense emotions, you know, like anger or, or you know, sadness, like you were talking about, Bailey. It's you know, you're upset, you're angry, depressed, you're just uh-huh. out of balance, right? And you might have the feeling you want to run away because, I mean, truly, wouldn't it be nice if we could just run away from things like this? You know, and I get that. I, it makes me think of just I've tried to relate some of these things to experience I had when I'm trying to think about how we how to process this and. Like when my grandmother passed away, I knew she was going to. But when it hit me, I just mm-hmm. got in the car and I drove. I drove to another town. Yeah. Just not even thinking. Just I that was I, I just wanted to just be gone. Yeah. And people and, do that all the time. But what so but what we're trying to get people to do right now in times of that is to if if that's the thing that's going to make you feel better to do it, but to try to get yourself in a headspace that you're aware of. I know why I'm doing this and it's okay. Not that you show up somewhere and you're like, how the heck did I get here? Right. right. <laughs> so, yeah. But um, when right now, that's hard to even do some of those things because we're supposed to be staying in our home. So we're kind of limited in some of our maybe, I don't know if you call it coping or a reactionary response. I mean, we're, we're limited. And so here we are in this space and, we have to react. I mean, I'm trying to picture people all over the Permian Basin stuck in their homes with their families and kids probably watching parents crying. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, it's, it's it, it, tough times. Just that's understatement. 
Well, and, and whenever you talk about kids, Dana, you know, kids are affected by your parents, you know, job, whether you have one or not. And a lot of people will hide things from their kids, but kids are intuitive. They know whenever the rhythm is off in the family. And if you don't talk to them and tell them what's going on, they're going to lay in bed at night imagining the worst. And what kids of a certain age will internalize it and make it about them. What did I do? Did I cause something? So, you know, you don't want to over- overburden them with too many emotional or financial details, but you do want to have an open dialogue. You know, you don't let them write their own script. You've got to tell them what's going on. That's an important thing to say, because I think a lot of times as parents, you do want to shelter your kids. Mm-hmm. And right now it's almost impossible because you're, you know, there, there really isn't a lot of escape. Right. And, you know, what I think is a, a, a most important thing to do, you know, Melanie, whenever you're talking about what kids can do, if they come to you and say, don't give me my allowance or can I, you know, is there something that I can do? Don't poo-poo what they want to offer. Let them, you know, say, sure, you know, we're all in this as a family. If you if you want to, you know, give me a quarter out of your piggy bank or whatever it might be, let them do it. Let them know it's important if they want to help. I think that's uh, that's great advice because I know how many I can think of so many times just periodically that my kids will do that. Like, Mom, I'll pay for dinner. And of course, I'm always like, no. But I think that's kind of the and I've, I've mentioned this before, but there's something about. You want to help. Yeah. Feeling, and kids are no different. They just want to help because it yeah, makes right. you feel like uh, you're contributing. And that's a great response. Right. And, that, and yeah. that you're in it together. In it you're in it together. Yes. Nobody yeah. caused it. It is what it is. And, and, Melanie, I know you just made a comment before I took us back that you were talking about you just wanted to escape. I didn't mean to kind of take us back to the kiddos, but um, I didn't no, think that, no. that was important to put in is that, let them feel like they're helping, that they're part of the solution. Definitely. I mean, and, and that's, uh, that's a really good uh, suggestion that would never have occurred to me. So hopefully uh, we can all take a little bit of that. And if your kid wants to help, let them help. It gives them, uh, it's therapy for them. It's therapeutic. I agree. Can we, can we talk a little bit about, let's say that you're the man of the house who is in charge of bringing home in women. Don't get me wrong. But, but I'm the man of the house, Bailey. Right. But <laughs> we understand oil field work is a lot of men. Um, mm-hmm. But let's say you're the head of the household. You're the one in charge of everything. How can you be honest with yourself also and let yourself process? Well, yeah, I think, first of all, um, not all men, but some men, and especially when you live in West Texas, they're not they don't want to give in to grief or fear. And I think the most important thing for them to know is that grief is a natural response to loss. It doesn't have to be that somebody died. It can be a loss of, you know, a job or anything that you lose. You're going to experience some grief. So you've got to, you've got to give in to that. You have to give yourself time to adjust. Um, you know, adjusting to unemployment can take time. Who knows how long it might take before you're, like, brought back on or whether you get another job. So you're going to have to accept your feelings and go easy on yourself. Think of think of your job as maybe just a temporary setback. Um, you know, people have had major setbacks in careers but have been able to turn things around, and most everybody can do the same. I don't I, I don't want people to think it's an like this is it. This is all of it. It is I've lost a job that I might have had for a very long time and I loved, so that's it for me. So what you have to do is you have to give yourself time to grieve 
you got to be able to think of it as a temporary setback. You've got to give yourself time to adjust. And then you've got to figure out a way to start expressing your feelings in a healthy um, and creative way. And we talk about journaling. And I know that there are some men and women, both, that don't specifically like to journal. But it's kind of one of the best things you can do to get things out of your head. So you're not just – you run that endless loop when you're laying in bed at night. What am I going to do? How could this happen to me? Um, where do I even start looking for another job? Do I need to start selling things? Get up, write those things down, get them out of your brain, and try to get a good night's sleep so you can maybe tackle some things the next morning. That's good. Yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. a great idea. Reach out to your friends. I mean, we can't be together, but friends and family, It's. I mean, a lot of people are embarrassed, but you know what? There's a lot of people losing their jobs, and if everyone that's embarrassed because they lost a job because of something that they didn't cause – then that's going to be a tragedy, you know, because just reach out to somebody. They may not have all the solutions, but if they're a good listener. You know, I had, this is, this is, um, I've read, I think it was maybe a Washington, no, Wall Street Journal article, maybe, but it was something about the connection that's happening right now and how people are connecting with old friends. I actually had my best friend from junior high contact me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't talked to him in years. It was great, you know, and I, I feel like our uh, maybe our inhibitions are lessened right now just because we're in this crisis state. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that would be nice, and that way people can actually connect on a really raw, open level. Oh, I definitely feel like conversations are so much more meaningful now. Mm-hmm. We've, we've we've had that. Uh, com- we've talked about that before, but it's just. Uh, our human connection, ironically, is strong, I think, stronger now that we have uh, to be apart. And, and we're all learning how to adapt to these new situations. We find ourselves in the middle, especially in Midland, Odessa, of two things that we've never experienced before, mm-hmm. the lowest price of oil and an, a pandemic. So we're learning how to adjust and to remember that we will adjust to it and we will adapt and come yes. out of it together. Absolutely. And I think, so we we were probably all in a mad state of shock yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming out of that, um, just we're, you know, I feel like next maybe we might be moving to a little bit of grief now. Probably. What do you think? You're the expert. Walk us through that. <laughs> No, I agree. One of the things that I think that we need to make sure that we said, you know, talked about was, you know, to uh, to kind of fight the shock and anxiety. Um, first thing you got to do is breathe, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. Then get just enough information. Don't, I mean, you know, Melanie and I talked, and, and, and Bailey, you too, about whenever all the pandemic stuff started coming out, we were like glued to our TVs, and everything that was said, we took that as, you know, the gospel yeah, we, truth. Yeah, we were becoming scientists in our own way. Yes, and, and <laughs> virologists and, you know, whatever else, you know, whatever we needed to be. But, but here's the thing. Get enough information that you feel confident and uh, I like what Melanie's doing. She's basically just looking at the CDC website every day instead of having it on CNN on, you know, an endless loop, again, of information that could be correct or it might not be. Kind of just go straight to whatever source you find to be the most truthful and that you can understand. You know, and then you got to find your support. And I talked about, you know, whether you reach out to friends or family or, you know, whoever that might be, you know, a clergy or a therapist, 
just check in with your support and then find a way to express your feelings. So that's kind of like summing up all the things that I rambled about earlier. But um, that, those are those are kind of the important things to do. Then if you find yourself, you know, kind of going, why am I feeling like this? I think it is important that we talk about the stages of grief and how you if you can identify what it is, you can recognize what you need to do to, to move through those stages. So, so let's um, uh, let's let's play a let's play our day in the stages okay. of grief. Um, okay. So we've got the first one is denial. Mm-hmm. So definitely, I feel like some of us might kind of be a little bit in that. I mean, just it's easy to go. This can't really be happening. That's exactly what you say. This can't be happening. This has never happened before. This is 2020. How could that happen? When someone tech sent me a text and it was a screenshot of the uh, WTI, I was like, mm-hmm. this is, that can't be right. Where did right. you find this? Right. You know, it's that whole, this got to be fake news. Mm-hmm. And I, I couldn't believe it. I'm on there. I'm looking and I'm just thinking, this can't be right. Is this thing right. broken? <laughs> no. Right. <laughs> Knock it on the top of the TV, like, shake it up, make it right. Yeah, you're like, somebody's messing with the, you know, this can't be right. And then, you know, it takes a little while before you really come to terms with the fact that this is really, truly our reality. Right. So, you know, sometimes this could take a long time. I mean, whenever you're in denial, you don't want to, you don't want to accept it. Everything in your brain is saying that can't be happening. I don't want it to happen. So therefore it's not happening. So this could, depending on how tragic the circumstance is, it, it might, you know, it could take you a while. The, the next thing that you're going to go through is anger because you're going to go, you, and this is where, you know, if someone is killed, um, or in a car accident, you, people always want to blame somebody. That's the anger stage, you know, well, and I think we, we see some of that going on, you know. Right. Um, sure. A lot of it is le- legitimate because there are reasons for, for this happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe with the virus, it's a little different, but you see some of that, too. Everyone wants to feel like there's some source. Sure. You're, you're blaming the president. You're blaming some, you know, your local state leaders. You're blaming your boss for something, you know, whatever it might be. You look for somebody because you just you just want to be mad. Right? Yeah. All right, and then the and then you come to the bargaining stage, and it's almost like if we do this, this will be better. You know, so like, you yeah. If you just yeah. give me this, then we'll yes. never do that again. Right. So let's just go back and and let's just this didn't happen. I promise. Well, you know, it's like when somebody dies, or almost like you know, if you bring them back, I promise I will go to church the rest of my life. You know, or if you know somebody's you know hurt badly, you'll say those things. That is that bargaining. Is whether you're bargaining with God, bargaining with you know whatever deity you you know choose to bargain with, or just bargaining with fate. It's like this. This is more than my mind can comprehend and digest. So. Let's figure out a way to, that I don't have to, right? And then yeah, it's kind of the it's it's the, the God please, like please God. Yes, you're right. Please, just just this one time. Yeah, just this one time. I'll never ask. Yeah, I'll never ask. Never ask for anything. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so then you have the depression that kicks in because you start accepting that it has happened. It's real. Um, you can't blame someone else, even though some of us stay in that stage longer than we should. And you can't bargain to make it change. So then it's like, 
that's the heaviness. There's nothing I can do to make this right or to change this. And then a lot of times, you know, that's whenever people, you know, turn it on themselves and say, so it's got to be my fault, you know, and that's, mm. uh, and that's a real danger for those of us that work in mental health is whenever you get to that point, you don't want people to, to sink into that to where you can't pull them back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, self-doubt is, is very prominent right now, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they think, and, you know, none of us would have guessed that we'd be in the middle of a pandemic and the price of oil would be where it's at. So it's it's nothing we could have prevented or you could have prevented. There's nothing right. you could have done. Right. Exactly. It's and it's uh it's just a whole different experience and I feel like part of it. I mean, we when you talk about identity and your job, mm-hmm. that's big. But we kind of have lost um I mean, it just seems like here recently, one of the podcasts we were talking about was just, uh, I think it was just for success. And we were talking about having a signature look. Remember? Yeah. I mean, yeah. how light and fun was that conversation? And I had my, you know, my rent the runway jacket that I love so much. And that's yeah. gone. That's canceled. <laughs> Everything's canceled. So now, I mean, who am I? I'm the pajama lady. <laughs> you know? That makes banana bread. Yeah, that makes banana bread at 6 a.m. And it's like Little House on the Prairie. But I don't know. But yes, you're right. You you do lose your identity somewhat. And it's, you know, that's the, the hard part. You know, and the real danger is people that cannot rationalize that for themselves or accept someone else rationalizing it for them, saying, you know, you didn't cause it. It's not within your power to fix it. Um, so you've got to figure out a way to cope with it and to do the best that you can, right? So that's you've got to almost have somebody that you can trust, or you've got to be strong enough within yourself to fight the battle cognitively of, did I? No, I didn't. This was my part, but this is not my part, and now I can move forward. And then, and that's the acceptance part of it. If that is the moving forward, whether it feels like you've only moved forward an inch. You've kind of come out of all that. You've accepted everything that, I mean, you accept that things are as they are. And now you look at, I've got to start rebuilding my life or rebuilding something that's going to be different than what I had. Definitely. And at least, even though we don't like, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Um, even though it's, uh, new and uncertain and we don't really know what we're looking into, there's nothing to, to guide us through this. We can guide each other through it because we're all going through it together. So it's good to have conversations with people and get, um, you know, we can learn so much from one another. It's our job as in the nonprofit field to provide kind of a safety net as much as we can for those who are going through this this terrible time right now. Mm-hmm. Oh so, yeah, and I'm, we're all like we're we're used to helping people in a crisis. We're just this is like level up crisis, right? Right. And Christy, I know that like right now people aren't thinking about. Their mental health, they're thinking about, okay, I need to make sure that I can provide food for my family in two weeks. Mm-hmm. How important is it, though, to dedicate time to your mental health? Well, I mean, it's necessary. You know, we've, we've um, fought for many, many years to convince the world that your mental health is as important as your physical health. And right. I think we are slowly gaining ground on that. But at mm-hmm. a time like, you know, at a time like this, when we, you know, we do have to be 
aware that there are things out there that can affect us, you know, physically in a pretty tragic manner. So, you know, if you are doing all the things that you're supposed to do to protect your physical health, then I think it's easier to look at your mental health. Now, if you're putting yourself at risk by going and doing everything, you're going to probably not be worried about your mental health in the way that you should. But, okay, so, you know, these are the things we tell people for their physical health. These apply to their mental health as well. You know, get some exercise. Exercise relieves stress. Less stress affects your, you know, will lower your, you know, your likelihood that you're going to be, you know, sick physically and mentally. You know, eat well. Don't, you know, don't turn to alcohol. Don't eat a lot of sugar. You know, don't completely go off of what you normally do, you know, try to maintain some balance in your life. Get plenty of sleep. Sleep. Sleep is important. And it's hard to sleep right now. It is. I mean, I think that would be a probably collective issue, I would have to Mm -hmm. say, because when you have so much on your mind, it's just so hard to shut it off. It is. I mean, that's another thing. Try to stay positive to keep your energy up. You know, keep up a regular daily routine. Create a job search plan. You know, list all of your positives. Find activities that give your life some type of meaning, whether it's a hobby, a new activity, you know, volunteering to do something, take an online class, do something. Focus on what you can control. You know, try to stay on task. Those so what are, what are all- some of the things that, what is some, what are, what are some of the things that Christy does? Share, um, share some of your coping mechanisms. Okay. My, most of my coping mechanisms involve me having some kind of daily routine. So, you know, I get up, I always take a shower right away, you know, I'll <laughs> drink some coffee, watch a little bit of the today show, walk my dogs, answer my emails, um, take a shower, get clothes on, get some makeup on, start. You know, I've got some clients going on. I am blessed to have a, a, a great family that lives locally that I stay in touch with. I can uh, resume or Skype or FaceTime with our kids and the grandkids. I take care of my mom and dad. It's been a great time for me to be able to do some continuing education that's hard to carve out time for, you know, during during my day. I love oh, Netflix. I, I, I love Netflix and I love food. <laughs> so, I think that's a good point because it's okay now that you have some downtime. I hate to call it that because it sounds like you volunteered to do it, but now that you have a little bit of time and we're, we're stuck inside with our families, take that time for self care that you normally wouldn't do because you're working 12 hour shifts or so. That's right. And one of the great things in, you know, like just, it's not like I don't connect with my husband, but. Um, we have a very busy street, and I've, I've spoken about it before. We've got lots of kiddos, lots of young families. We sit down on the front porch for, you know, probably an hour, hour and a half every night just saying hello to our neighbors. It just definitely makes you feel connected. And that connectedness is, is an important part of what's going on right now is not being able to connect, but we're being able to do it by being safe and connecting. Yeah, I think it's great. I know Bailey and I have Zoomed. Quite a bit. And we, we have all these great, like, um, idea sessions. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like we're working, but it's fun. Cause yeah, we've come up with a lot of, a <laughs> lot of great ideas, um, just during this downtime. Yeah. So that's really, that's a fun, that getting your creative juices going and, and talking to somebody and it, that you have shared interests with. 
is a, it's a good time for that. And, you know, that's something that we may not have thought we had time for before or possibly would never even talked about. Right. You know, so I think so. a lot of people this week, they're thinking, I, I don't need to just be sitting here doing nothing. I need to be online looking for a job. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're kind of setting yourself up for failure right then because not you and everyone else is doing the same thing for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to be such an oversaturated market right now. It's okay just to take the time to be and to exist right now. And isn't that a good point, Chrissy? I would say I know there's a little bit of pressure. I've seen, you know, we're all connected to social media. Some of these posts that, and I get it. I mean, be productive. Take this time to do this. But not everybody has the, right. we're not all in the mental space for that. We need to be a little bit for giving of ourselves and I mean there's a little part of me that's like gosh I, I haven't organized a closet and I, I probably won't to be honest <laughs> hey you know what that's not a requirement that's a, that's just not me it's you know and nobody expects you to go and do something you know I think some of some of those things are happening because we had a loss of control and that was people's responses to loss of control and you know that's I did. I organized my pantry and my spice cabinet. My closet is a wreck because I got quickly over needing to be in control when it came to cleaning things. But, um, you know, whatever, whatever it might be for you, you've got to recognize whenever um, it's getting bigger than you are, whenever you're not being able to go about your daily routine or accomplish any tasks, that's a sign and a signal to you that you are being overwhelmed uh-huh. with all the thinking and the lack of being able to do anything about it. And that might be, a, you know, whenever you might want to reach out and, and try to connect, um, you know, with a the therapist at centers, because what we can do is we can walk you through those, you know, those kind of exercises for relaxing, how to think clear headedly, how to look at things in a rational manner and when to, when to give in to irrationality. Cause every once in a while we just have to do that. Um, but definitely but we, we're trained in how to help you, you know, kind of get through those feelings of stress and overwhelmness and, you know, stuck and, and stuck in grief and, and those kind of things. So reaching out to centers is, uh, very much should be one of the, one of your priorities. To be yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, I like to say, I mean, whatever your thoughts are about counseling or if you've never tried it. There's no time like the present. I mean, we could all use a little coaching session. We just need to be coached through life. There's so many things. uh, When you're dealing with physical health, at some point, you know, you know, if you break your arm, you're not going to try to figure that out by yourself. Right. So that's sort of the space we're in right now. Right. And maybe you've wanted to try counseling and you've just always put it on the back burner. And now you've got the time to try counseling and it's perfect timing because you can get tips and tricks that you can have for whenever you do get a job again, because you will get a job again. Mm-hmm. Whenever you do get that job, how to cope on a day-to-day basis with anxiety or stress or whatever you've been going through that you've always just put on the back burner. Now you have that opportunity. So when you do get a, a job again and things, you know, a new normal, you have some tools that can help you uh, feel better day-to-day. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, totally agree with that. That's it's an important thing to do, and we just hope people will take time while they have time to reach out and see what you know um, a, a good therapist can offer, 
in a, in a way of coping skills and suggestions on how to move forward. And sometimes just want to tell you it's completely normal. You're just going to have to feel that feeling. And, and some, sometimes you need to hear that, and it's better coming from a licensed professional. And right. the cool thing is right now we can have uh, counseling from the comfort of our own home. We don't have right. to yeah. go anywhere. It's a great right. time to try it. Um, Take this you, time to look into the resources available in the community. Definitely. We have some resources we can share as far as if you you start wanting to look for a job, um, work, yeah. workintexas.com, mm-hmm. the Texas Workforce Commission, Mm-hmm. And um, if you for volunteer opportunities, there's um, Midland Volunteer Connections. Yep. There's some great resources that you can start looking at during this time. All great ones to, to reach out to if you need to. I know the food banks good. are working really hard right now. Oh, yeah, the food banks are working hard. Our nonprofits are really, I mean, uh, what Mark Palmer said was on point. Mm-hmm. Everybody is working a little harder. And we got into nonprofit, obviously, not because we wanted a big profit, right? So we know this is, we're here because we love it. And you don't stay in nonprofit because of any reason except for that it's, you have a passion for it. Uh, you care about your community and people are important. So reach out to your nonprofits for sure. Uh, there's uh, volunteer opportunities too, believe it or not. Some that can be done from home, like the recording library. You can read for the recording library. Yes, you can. And it's great that we're able to we, that we've found that innovation and found that space where we can continue to work. But you know, it's also good to. Uh, I mean, how grateful yeah, we, are we to be working? We are West Texas strong. Yes, we are. And, you know, we'll, we'll endure it. We'll endure it together. Um, Christy, you want to walk us through the anxiety I do. Uh, steps? I do. This is my favorite thing. I think I've been doing this probably for 20 years with people that have high anxiety. I've shared with Melanie before that I had a client that used to have uh, panic attacks so badly that she would be able to get to the parking lot but could not get out of her car. And I would walk out, and she would literally be unable to let go of the steering wheel because she was shaking so badly but she wanted to she knew she'd feel better so um this worked with her every time so i would i would say you uh look for five things or find five things that you can see okay so you know you're, you're basically what you're doing is you're letting your eyes rest on five things that you can see and you you know you kind of name them in your head right so then you want to listen for four things that you can hear, whether it's the dogs barking, kids playing, birds chirping, your air conditioner on, the TV in another room, whatever it might be. Name those individual things that you are hearing. Then you want to move to three things that you can touch. So it's better if those have some type of texture. So like for my client, this, the rubber on her steering wheel or, um, you know, the, the cloth seat or the leather seat in her car. But anything that you can actually touch and recognize what that touch is. Then you can look for two things that you can smell, whether it's your lotion or the smell of gas or, um, you know, dinner, cooking or whatever it, is, whatever it is, wherever you are. Try to identify two things that you can smell. And then one thing that you can taste. So if you're at home that you can, you know, 
okay, something, if, and, and this is what you can also do um, if you're somewhere that you can't do anything like that, is like if you just put, you know, lick your finger because of the taste of the saltiness of your skin. I'm not sure we could do that it. anymore. <laughs> well, maybe we're going to have to come up with something else. I don't going. know. I, let's not recommend that. <laughs> but, no, I think, uh, but can you just remember what it yes. tastes like? What you're what you're actually doing is bringing all five senses into being, not in your head. Remembering what ice cream tastes like is cognitive; it's in your brain. So maybe you need to lick your hand sanitizer. (laughs) (laughs) I'll buy that. That works. I don't know. It's kind of expensive now. (laughs) If you have gum or mint or whatever it might be with you. I can remember for myself one time I was in Target and I wasn't really having an anxiety attack, but I could feel it building. And that was back when they had the popcorn. So that was a smell and a taste for me. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that I was, uh, tar- tar- and that is the one and only time that's ever happened to me. And I was right smack dab in Target. And remember at the end of what you do, you've got all this energy built up and all these feelings built up. You will sometimes cry. After you've done all, all of those things, and that is a good and healthy thing. Now, and it's if good you don't to cry. cry, it would still be, yeah. But, but that's, it's the release of all of that, um, is what you're, what we're trying to go for. And then give yourself a hug. Crying is like sweating though, right? I mean, it's okay to cry. It's Absolutely. just, it's a, it's a physical response to, I mean, it's, it's cleansing. It's good. Very good for you. We should all do it more. Thanks for the free therapy. Yeah, I love that exercise, by the way. It really does. Yeah, I do too. It takes you away from your, from your situation and and gives you focus. It's awesome. I'm going to guess that every therapist anywhere has used that technique and still uses it often. It's a, it's a great exercise to always have on hand. Mm hmm. Just to know that you have some tools. If you start feeling a panic attack coming on, you're like, hey, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Put it on a sticky note if you have to. Sure. Yeah, so Re- we actually, episode. We actually have, yeah, come back to the episode. We also have, uh, we have a graphic in our Facebook page. In our, if you look through the photos and you yes. can see, so you can just keep it there, print it out, whatever you need to do and have it on hand. That's it's very great. helpful. Hey, Christy, can you kind of end today's episode with some words of encouragement? Uh, yeah, sure. This is just something that my dad used to tell me. Every mountain has a peak. So it's like you're going to get to the top of the mountain and you're going to, and it's not going to keep going forever. You're going to figure out things will get better. We will get, we will get through this. It's like everyone else is saying is hold on, reach out to the people that support you and encourage you. Um, know your strengths, start working on the future and I think, I think I really think it is like take care of your mental health. Reach out. Yes, call, call us. Call us call if us. you need help, please. We are yeah. here to help. Yeah. And we will also have on our description in the podcast the number for the mental health emergency 24-hour crisis hotline. Center Solutions is a production of the Recording Library of West Texas. Post-production work is done by Bailey Hennis. Content is provided by Melanie Size and Christy Edwards. Contact Centers for Children and Families at 432-570-1084 or the Recording Library 
432-682-2731. Email Melanie with questions you want answered on the show at msize at centerstexas.org. That's M-S-A-I-Z at C-E-N-T-E-R-S-T-X dot O-R-G. Both nonprofits are on all social media platforms. See you next time.